Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, I'm bringing you guys a 10-team PPR mock draft on drafters.com. Now, if you guys want to join on drafters with me, these are best ball leagues, so it's like doing a mock draft, but for real, because you're putting some real money on it. This is a $1 best ball draft. If you use code NOTORIOUS, which is right next to me right here, you get a 50% bonus up to $50. I would really appreciate it if you guys hopped on here. We could all play together. You can even add me on the website, NotoriousFNTSY on drafters.com. We're all going to have a great time. So right now, I am pick number one. It is my pick, and the link to Drafters is also down below. You can just click that and sign up. And when you're signing up, please make sure to use my code NOTORIOUS at checkout, which is also down below. So let's get right into it. I have the first pick of the draft to me. Without a doubt, that pick is Christian McCaffrey. I think Christian McCaffrey absolutely tears it up in 2020. It was very easy. He was clearly the running back one. If you watch my running backs one through six video, I go in depth on Christian McCaffrey. There's no reason why he could not repeat. I mean, there's going to be the naysayer saying, oh my God, Christian McCaffrey can't finish as the running back one two years in a row. That's not going to happen. It never happens. It will happen. Let me tell you, Christian McCaffrey is going to absolutely tear it up in 2020. Yet again, over a thousand rushing yards, over a thousand receiving yards. And to me, the second guy that came off the board, Saquon Barkley, is also a lock to be a top five running back. As long as he does not get hurt, I think Saquon Barkley tears it up. To me, I got CMC at one, my number one running back and my number one overall pick. And then my second overall pick and running back is Saquon Barkley. Also, shout out to someone who's in this draft. I actually have mocked with him before. Western, shout out to you if you watch my videos. I have no idea. So the guy at the three pick was probably trying to do this draft for the last hour like I have and absolutely forgot. So that's okay with him. He's probably going to end up auto-drafting here and it'll probably be Ezekiel Elliott. I would assume, yes, Ezekiel Elliott off the board at the third pick. Pretty typical for Zeke to come off the board at the third pick. I think that that happens in pretty much every single league. The fourth pick, Alvin Kamara. Now, typically around the four, five, six range is where we're going to see Michael Thomas come off the board. And I think that Michael Thomas is a guy that's a super safe wide receiver. I just prefer to take the high upside in the running backs. At five was Dalvin Cook. I worry a little bit, actually a lot of bit about Dalvin Cook's health. I highly doubt he can finish 16 games. But hey, if he plays 14 games, he'll probably finish as a top 10 guy. I just worry if he finishes lower. Michael Thomas at six. I think that's a solid pick, very much a safe pick. I like to go with the more high upside running backs, though. Looking at the board right now, there's a lot of running back still available that I really like. Joe Mixon inside of my top six as well. Still available at seven. Derrick Henry comes off the board by running back six. I think that's a solid pick as well. Going to be very safe. This is a PPR league, so there's obviously going to be the people just like me, what I used to think. Oh my god, Derrick Henry's not going to be very good because he can't catch any balls. It literally doesn't matter. The guy's going to get a zillion yards on offense and potentially be the league leader in rushing yards yet again. At number eight was Tyreek Hill. I think Tyreek Hill's a very hit or miss guy in a real league, in a real draft. I don't want anything to do with Tyreek Hill, but in best ball, it kind of makes sense since you obviously won't have to be starting him. In every game, it just kind of puts him in. That's what how best ball works. What you do is you draft your team, and then the computer just puts them in. So you don't even have to worry about it. You just do a bunch of $1 drafts or a $5 draft, $20 draft, however much you want to put in, and you just come back. And then at the end of the season, you just rake in all the cash you won because these drafts are very fast and very fun. You could also do long-term drafts. And if you add me on here, I'm going to be adding a bunch of people to those. So after Tyreek was Aaron Jones, a huge reach to me. I don't want Aaron Jones inside of the top. 
10 picks. At number 10 goes Devontae Adams at 11 is Joe Mixon. 12, Austin Eckler, 13, Kenyon Drake. A lot of people are really missing out on Nick Chubb and Josh Jacobs. I've noticed I've seen drafts where people pick Miles Sanders over him as well. To me, kind of crazy. Nick Chubb goes at pick 14, a very good pick there at extreme value. I think Kenyon Drake and Austin Eckler are also top 12 running backs, but I think Josh Jacobs really does have the potential to be a top five guy. It's very confusing where to rank the back part of the running back core. Guys like Josh Jacobs, guys like Kenyon Drake, Austin Eckler, Nick Chubb, they could all be top five guys, but I'm just not sure which guy I like more right now, like Chubb the most out of that list, but my running back 6 through 12 will be coming out later in the future, probably in the next couple of days, so make sure you guys subscribe to see more videos. Right now, we are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 picks away from making the greatest pick ever. Now, number one pick is kind of confusing because I actually really like getting Christian McCaffrey because he's just a staple on your team. You know he's going to be great, but what worries me is the fact that, you know, you just don't get as good of a second-round pick. I prefer to pick at the end of the draft where you can get guys like, say, Joseph Mixon and Eckler on your team or Joseph Mixon and Josh Jacobs on your team. So this team is probably going to end up auto-picking here, and they got DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins is a pick I do not like as well. In the first round of most drafts is where he ends up going, which is very high. In the second round, I'd much rather have a guy like Julio Jones over him. I think he has a good year. I just don't think he's the same guy we saw in Houston due to the fact that he, well, he's moving up to a higher-paced offense, but he no longer is the number one clear guy there. He is, but he's not going to be the guy seeing as many targets, I believe, as he saw in Houston. And especially with the fact that this coronavirus stuff is happening, who knows if the training camps are going to hit on time. It seems like they will, but they're going to be missing some type of connection, I believe. I still think DeAndre Hopkins is a top 10 wide receiver. I just like think Julio Jones is much safer. After Julio Jones was Josh Jacobs, Chris Godwin, and then Miles Sanders. So we are up to bat right now. And if you guys have been watching my channel for a while, you know I like to go with the two back-to-back -back running back strategy in the first two picks. But if I'm being honest with you, there's not very many running backs I believe here should even be picked inside of the top two rounds. So we're going to go ahead and look at the wide receivers first here, and then I'm probably going to go with one of those running backs. Wide receivers still available. We have Amari Cooper, Mike Evans, Kenny Galladay, and DJ Moore, as well as Allen Robinson. To me, the best out of this bunch is either Mike Evans or DJ Moore, but I want to go ahead and get DJ Moore. I think that this offense is going to be firing at all cylinders. I do worry about the fact that we just went with the Carolina stack and the fact that Carolina is not a very good team, but with that said, they're going to be behind a lot, so I think it's going to be key to see what happens there in Carolina. I think they're going to be passing the ball a lot, but Christian McCaffrey's still going to get a lot of dump-offs. So now we're going to go with the best running back on the board, Jonathan Taylor, Leonard Fournette, Mark Ingram. I mean, to me, it's between Jonathan Taylor and Leonard Fournette. I think Leonard Fournette is the safer pick, but I'm going to go ahead and go with Jonathan Taylor here in the third round. I think Jonathan Taylor has immense upside. I think he has the potential to finish inside of the top 10. Now, I think it's going to take a couple of weeks for Jonathan Taylor to develop because he's obviously in a split share with Marlon Mack. It'll probably be a 50-50 split for the beginning of the season. I think Jonathan Taylor eventually becomes that head honcho back because he's just so much better than Mr. Marlon Mack. At number 22, we see Travis Kelsey come off the board. Forced tight, not forced. First tight end off the board, Travis Kelsey. Now, I actually have been swindled by the ADP on drafters because I didn't even see Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. That's obviously who I would have picked over Mr. Jonathan Taylor, but that's okay. That's all right. That's why you should look more deeper than I did, but I'm still not mad with Jonathan Taylor. Considering CEH is typically a third-round pick after uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. This guy is now on the clock. Travis Kelsey is the first tight end off the board. We'll probably see Kelsey and Kittle go within the second or fourth round of this draft, and we also still have not seen a quarterback. So 
in your at-home leagues, you may actually see a quarterback go in the first couple of rounds. Typically, I say once it hits round four, that's where I'm comfortable taking a guy like Lamar Jackson, but he never falls till there. These crazy motherfuckers take him in round one or round two. I also personally believe that Pat Mahomes is the better overall draft pick, but they're both in the same tier, the first tier at quarterback. Lamar Jackson comes at pick 24. Not very surprising, like I said, since a lot of the quarterbacks and the big three quarterbacks, I mean the big two quarterbacks, and the big three tight ends are likely going to come off the board before the fourth round comes to a close. So... Kittle comes off the board next. That's no big surprise at all. Kelsey and Kittle are people's one and two in a lot of different formations. Obviously, there's not a lot of different formations. It's either one guy's at one and the other guy's at two. I personally think Kelsey is better than Kittle for this year. If we're talking dynasty, obviously, I think Kittle's the better play since he's much younger. At 26 is Leonard Fournette. Now, I'm not saying that I hate Leonard Fournette because I actually think he'll be solid this year. I just worry about maybe they have like a contract dispute. Maybe Leonard Fournette's like, fuck it, I'm going to go sit in Cabo like my name's Ezekiel Elliott instead of actually just fucking playing on the field and proving that you're worth what you want to be paid. At 27 is Pat Mahomes. Like I said, I think Pat Mahomes is who I would pick over Lamar Jackson. Obviously, you can't be mad with either guy, though. Both guys are going to absolutely tear it up in the AFC, and Pat Mahomes will probably end up taking... He could end up taking the Super Bowl home again. I obviously don't think the same team's going to win again back-to-back years, but I think Pat Mahomes is going to play amazing off of a Super Bowl victory last season after Pat Mahomes' Mike Evans. Now, Mike Evans' value has absolutely tanked since TB12 has came to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mike Evans was a guy many would consider an easy top five wide receiver in fantasy football in 2020. And then they get rid of Winston. And now they're bringing in a guy who isn't as pass heavy in Tom Brady. So Mike Evans moves back. You know what Tom Brady likes? He likes the slot. Now, I think Tom Brady doesn't just like the slot because Julian Edelman was the best fucking wide receiver for the past like eight years. That's why he threw the ball to the slot. I think Godwin is a much better pick, though. I think Godwin is the safer pick. I think we might see games where Evans disappears. At 29 comes Kenny Galladay. I love Kenny Galladay. I think he's a top 10 wide receiver as well. And then Amari Cooper at pick 30. Amari Cooper really worries me in real leagues. He's going to be hot and then he's going to be cold. Hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold. I made a video a couple of days ago you can actually watch where I talk about Amari Cooper and how I believe he is really going to bust in 2020 because the fact is he's going to have games that where he scores 30 points and then he's going to have games where he scores like four points and fucks your team right in the ass. So I don't really want anything to do with Amari Cooper. Todd Gurley comes next. Now Todd Gurley also in that bust video. I don't think he's going to be really any good. Mr. Derek Cutter, now Dirk Cutter, I should say, the offensive coordinator of the Atlanta Falcons, typically finds it hard to get the running back enough touches in their first season as a rookie in his system. Well, not really a rookie because Todd Gurley's old, not really that old, but he's older. He's a veteran, but he he's his first year in that system. I also worry about the fact that his knee is fucked up. He has that arthritis knee. You want to know who else has arthritis? Probably your great-grandmother has arthritis because no most people that are like 20-something years old don't have it. It's very bad for your knee. It makes your knee slow down and grab the wall, and it's not going to make you wiggle till your ass falls off because Todd Gurley's knee is going to be the thing that's falling off. At 20 or 32, we see Maki Mock, Andrew's great pick there. I like Mark Andrews in the fourth round. I typically don't draft tight ends early, but Mark Andrews is a great exception to that. I think Mark Andrews has a fantastic year with Mr. Lamar Jackson. At number 33, we see Le'Veon Bell come off the board. Le'Veon Bell to me is a very, very, very safe pick in the fourth round. That's who I would have been looking for in the fourth round had they have fallen to us. Looking right now at the running back core still available, we see guys like DeAndre Swift, Chris Carson, uh, not really. David Montgomery I like a lot, so we're going to move him up. We're going to move a bunch of guys up so that we actually know who to pick when it comes to be our time. That's actually a little tidbit of information I typically use when I'm drafting by myself, but I forgot to do because I was recording a video and because I failed at that. So now looking up here, we got a bunch of guys that I actually like. 
We have Kareem Hunt up here, David Montgomery. David Johnson, I prefer Montgomery out of all these guys, and I would happily pick them in the fourth round. At pick 34, we have Chris Carson. Chris Carson's a guy who really confuses me. What happens now that they have Carlos Hyde there? Is it more of a split share? It never seems to be in Seattle. They always say, oh my god, Rashad Penny's going to get these touches, and he just fucking didn't last year. It was all Chris Carson all the time. I think Chris Carson has a great season yet again, especially if Rashad Penny is still banged up come the start of the season, which it seems like it will. Now, right now, we are four picks away. A.J. Brown comes off the board at pick 35. A.J. Brown's kind of a guy that I'm just all out fading in these type of leagues. I just don't think A.J. Brown comes up with as great of a season he had last year. I know him and Ryan Tannehill have a great connection, but what happens now if him and Corey Davis have a couple of months to get a connection? Now, I understand Corey Davis fucking sucks, but at the end of the day, he might be throwing the ball to multiple different people, and what we saw is the Tennessee Titans, you know how they win the game? They just hand the ball off, so are they going to be passing as much with A.J. Brown, I really do not know. Right now, we are four picks away. Like I said, you can actually see up here, I'm in three different drafts right now. Two of them are slow drafts, and I'm going to fast draft here with you guys. I like to do the fast drafts for the video, but the slow drafts are very fun as well. You just set it, and then you just wait a couple of hours, then it's your pick yet again. Typically, I download the app as well on the App Store. Uh, do David Johnson comes off the board at 36, and then at 37 is Odell Beckham Jr. I don't trust Odell Beckham Jr. I just never will. I think they're going to be running the ball so heavily in Cleveland that I don't know why you would want to draft a guy on a super run-heavy team, a team I could see running the ball 60 to 65% of the time in 2020. I really would not be surprised if that was the, the thing. I mean, 55 probably most likely, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're running it 60 to 65% of the time. If you guys have actually ended up enjoying this video thus far, we're about 12 minutes in this video. Please click that subscribe button down below. This video is going to be much longer because we're going to be talking about every player trying not to pause as much. After Odell was Juju Smith-Schuster and then Allen Robinson. So now we're going to be able to actually get the guy I wanted in David Montgomery. I think David Montgomery is going to have a great season in Chicago. Last year, he was actually thought of, oh, he's going to be a top 10 running back. I was spreading that too. I was talking like Mickey Mouse. And then in reality, he just fucked you in the ass, was like a top 25 running back. But this year, I think he has a bounce back season in 2020, even though his bounce back, he wasn't really that bad for a rookie. Now here, we're probably going to be looking at the wide receiver position guys still available. We have Keenan Allen, Adam Thielen, Devontae Parker, Stefan Diggs, DJ Chark, Cortland Sutton, T.Y. Hilton, Cooper Cup, Calvin Ridley. I really like Calvin Ridley, and I really think I like Cooper Cup, but I think Calvin Ridley really has top 10 upside in Atlanta. I think they're going to be really pass-heavy just like they were last season, so I'm going to go ahead and secure Calvin Ridley, a guy who I think is could be top 10 in the fantasy football as a finisher. I really believe it. I think him and Julio could both be top 10 guys. This offense is very pass-heavy. Matty Ice is going to let it loose, and if we look at Matt Ryan's seasons, he has a good one, and then he has a great one. Good, great, good, great. Last year, you know what it was? It was a good one. So I think this season in 2020, we see a great Matt Ryan, a great Calvin Ridley, and we saw Calvin Ridley absolutely tear it up last year. If you look at his splits, from when it was him, uh, when it was him and the other wide receiver that was there, Mohamed Sanu, versus when it was just Calvin Ridley, because Mohamed Sanu, as you know, got traded to the Patriots, and he ended up sucking ass, but Calvin Ridley emerged a lot there. He absolutely owns the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, just like Derrick Henry just absolutely skull fucks the Jacksonville Jaguars. Same thing right there. Uh, at 42, we see James Conner, 43, Mark Ingram. Now, James Conner's a solid upside pick. I mean, the guy's easily a very, 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 very talented back in the NFL. He probably could be a top five running back in fantasy football if he didn't get hurt, but he just always does. He's made of fucking glass. The defense will go ahead and tap the guy on the shoulder. He fucking turns around, and his shoulder is absolutely out of <laughs> out of its socket. And it's just, the guy just gets hurt all the time. At 43, we see Marky Mark Ingram. Kind of controversial with Mark Ingram. I don't know what to think with that offense. Do I want Mark? 
Mark Ingram? Do I not want Mark Ingram? I really have no fucking idea because I think they're going to be really, really, really looking to split the running back touches between Mr. Mark Ingram and the running back they drafted in J.K. Dobbins. So that is a bit worrying. After Mark Ingram comes Raheem Mostert, a pick I actually really do like in the fifth round. But Melvin Gordon, I'm kind of, I'm kind of in and out on the guy at the same time. I am not all for Melvin Gordon. I'm not all against Melvin Gordon. I just think he's going to have a okay season. I do like Philip Lindsay later, though, because I think there's a potential where it's a 50-50 split, and in that case, Philip Lindsay is going to have a great season. After Melvin Gordon comes DeAndre Swift, who I don't really like. I think that 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 fucking pencil-in-the-ear motherfucker, Mr. Matt Patricia, will not use DeAndre Swift like he should. He's never used Carrion Johnson like he should have, and now he's never going to use DeAndre Swift like he should. But if Carrion was to go down, DeAndre Swift is going to run a train on defense. At number 47, we see Adam Thielen, a wide receiver, a wide receiver that I probably was looking at there when I was looking at all those wide receivers. I think he's going to have a great year, especially since I think now that Stephon Diggs is gone, Kirk Cousins is really going to focus in on Adam Thielen. He's going to have a year not like last year, but the year prior where he was like a top 10 wide receiver. Maybe even he was the best wide receiver, wide receiver number one for like the first six weeks of that season in 2018 after Thielen comes Darren Waller. Darren Waller, pretty much if you look here, actually I could just show you. At the tight end position, I'm just fading all these motherfuckers. I don't want anything to do with Darren Waller. I don't want anything to do with Zach Ertz, Austin Hooper, Hunter Henry, Evan Ingram. Right here is where I like it with Mr. Hayden Hurst. I like guys like Jack Doyle, Mike Gesicki, guys you get later. After the first three tight ends call up the board and Kelsey, Kittle, and Andrews, I just say, fuck it. I don't want anything to do with the rest of you motherfuckers. I would rather just take the shot later. I'm one of those guys that think Hayden Hurst is top six potential at the tight end position, so I don't want anything to do with Darren Waller, who I think is going to be kind of confused in Oakland with so many options around him. At 49, we see Devin Singletary. I don't like Devin Singletary. I'd much sooner just wait and draft a guy like Zach Moss. Well, this is a 10-team league, so maybe in the 12th round, but in the 10th round of a 12-team league. At 50, Devontae Parker comes off the board. Now, you guys know I'm a Dolphins fan. Dan Marino is chilling behind me on the wall. I fucking love the Dolphins, but Devontae Parker, he didn't get it going until Preston Williams got hurt. So what does that say about it? Same thing with Mike Gesicki. Didn't get it going until Preston Williams got hurt. So I'm kind of worried about that offense. I think as long as Fitzmagic is the quarterback, we're going to see a lot more of Preston Williams over Devontae Parker. At 51, we see Stephon Diggs come off the board. Now, this pick is kind of crazy. Stephon Diggs obviously moved from the Minnesota Vikings to the Buffalo Bills. I think Stephon Diggs is just a safe pick. He'll probably easily be a top 20 guy. You play him every week. You're never disappointed. But you're never going to really be happy, I don't think. I think my worry is that he loves John Brown's so much that John Brown is going to be getting the ball a lot. Same with Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley's still there. That guy was a fucking PPR monster last season. Cole Beasley isn't even very good. After Stefan Diggs, we see the wide receiver one in ALA in the LA Chargers is Keenan Allen. Now, Keenan Allen He's taking the fall from grace. This guy was like a top two, top three round pick last season, now falling to the fifth round. I think that's some great value, especially if Tyrod or Justin Herbert can throw the ball to him. Now, that's a huge if. It's a huge if if Tyrod's even good anymore. I don't really believe in Tyrod. At number 53, we see Cooper Cup come off the board very, very, very late for Cooper Cup. I'd much rather have him over the last three guys that got drafted. I do also really just like Robert Woods as well. I think that this whole LA Rams team is going to look very good in 2020. I think they're going to look much better without Todd Gurley, with Mr. Cam Akers, who they can actually run into the ground. And speaking of the devil, Robert Woods gets absolutely sniped from me at pick 54. I don't hate it, though. He's going around where Cooper Cup gets picked every single time in these real drafts. In the mocks, you see him maybe go around later, but in these drafters leagues, someone sees Cooper Cup get picked, they shit their pants, they say, you know what, we have to get Robert Woods now, because Robert Woods has the potential to be a top 12 guy. Cortland Sutton's a guy I'm just 
all-time fading. I just will not see him like I'm John Cena. I hit him with the you can't fucking see me. Cortland Sutton is a great player, but now I worry about the fact that Judy's there. They're bringing KJ Hamler. There's all these cooks in the kitchen, so I'm staying out of the goddamn kitchen. At 56, we see Zach Ertz. I think Zach Ertz may be an all-time bust this season. I think there's a potential where Godert gets so many targets, more targets than we saw last season, and there's also a world where if everyone stays healthy, Zach Ertz didn't do diddly squat last season. The guy was just a fucking bum the first, like, eight weeks of the season. And then you see Alshon go down. The best wide receiver on the team was Nelson Aguilar, and then he got hurt. So you were really just seeing Zach Ertz being the only wide receiver out there for Carson Wentz to throw the ball to. So what happens if somehow Deshaun Jackson stays healthy? What happens if somehow Alshon Jeffrey stays healthy? What happens if Jalen Rager emerges and is very good? Who knows? At 57, we see Mr. Kareem Hunt come off the board. The guy I probably would have wanted with this pick. I love Kareem Hunt a lot. Looking at running backs still available. None of those guys are really calling my name. Guys like Carrion Johnson, J.K. Dobbins, who I think actually does have some high upside, and I would be willing to pick maybe in the 7th or 8th round, but I don't think he's going to fall to me in the 8th round. Um, down here, we see Ronald Jones, who I actually kind of like, but he's a much later round pick in a 10-team league, so I'd probably go with Dobbins at the 7th round if he ends up falling to me. Looking at wide receivers right now, actually, I want to note, I completely avoid quarterback and tight end, especially if I don't get one of these guys like Lamar Jackson or Pat Mahomes in like the 4th round. I just wait, and if I'm not getting Andrews, Kittle, or Kelsey, I completely wait until the end. After Kareem Hunt, we see Mr. D-Baby-Shark, uh, do 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 DJ Chark, and then Tyler Lockett. So looking at the wide receiver position right now, we have a bunch of guys that I really like. We have Terry McLaurin, DK Metcalf, Tyler Boyd, all guys I would love to get on this team, but I think Terry McLaurin has the highest upside out of all of these guys. I think he's on a team that is willing to throw the ball a lot because they're going to be down in games. Whether or not you believe Mr. Dwayne Trashcan Hashkins is any good, I still think Terry McLaurin will be able to tear it up either way. Now, right here, we're going to go ahead and select J.K. Dobbins. Now, in a real draft, I would be a bit worried in the seventh round to go with J.K. Dobbins. I might have just pivoted and picked another wide receiver, but I wanted to go ahead and get another running back on our team that I think has pretty high upside. If Marky Mark Ingram somehow gets hurt, J.K. Dobbins goes into the best rushing offense in the NFL, so that obviously is immense upside for J.K. Dobbins, and he may be getting worked in more as we see the season escalate on. Maybe by week eight, week nine, he is truly the head alpha in Baltimore. Baltimore, and that is going to be amazing, especially at a seventh round value. Now, looking at the board, looking at our team now, actually, to assess real quick, through seven rounds, we have Mr. Run CMC, DJ Moore, Jonathan Taylor, David Montgomery, Calvin Ridley, and Terry McLaurin. Looking back up at the board, only two quarterbacks have been taken through the seventh round. Typically, in your at-home league, you might see fucking six quarterbacks or ten be gone already by round seven. People love to take their quarterbacks early. They love to say, oh my god, Aaron Rodgers in the eighth round? That guy's a fucking god. Discount double check, baby. That's what they're going to say. They're going to be thinking things like that. Don't worry about it. I mean, Josh Allen or a guy like Dak or any of that in the eighth round is amazing value. All still available. Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, and Dak Prescott, and Josh Allen. So if one of those guys falls to me in the eighth round, I would be very hard-pressed not to pick them, especially with how much value they provide to your team. Now, no one's picking quarterback in this league, so that means the value is really going to fall to the bottom of the draft, but I'm still going to be very, very, very 
very likely to pick one of those quarterbacks. Now, my rankings for quarterbacks, Dakota Prescott, my number three, just came off the board. So I would be hoping that maybe a guy like Russ or Deshaun or Deshaun Watson could fall to me or Josh Allen, but I would probably wait on Josh Allen. I'm very high on the guy. I think he's going to have a great season, but I think at that point, I would much rather just wait if all of them go in order where I could probably just snag two running backs or two wide receivers that I really like here. Tight end, we're probably going to wait till like the 12th round and go for a guy like Hayden Hurst. We can move him up here. A guy like Mr. Mike Kosicki. Now, we are in a best ball league. So in this, you're going to want to be drafting two quarterbacks as well as two tight ends, maybe even three quarterbacks. So I take probably one in the first like 15 rounds. And then right at the end, I draft typically quarterback around 16 and I draft a backup tight end. Maybe I draft a third quarterback at pick 18. Typically on here, the regular ones set up by drafters. There's no defenses, no kickers, so you don't really have to worry about that, which is definitely a huge plus. Um, you want to also make sure you're worried about the buys on drafters. Just check the buys of your quarterbacks and your tight ends. I don't really check for the running backs or wide receivers because you should be fine regardless. Looking at pick 67, we see Cameron Akers come off the board. I love that value on Cam Akers. I think Cam Akers has the potential to be a top 10 guy, given he becomes the workhorse. Now, will he become the workhorse? Sean McVay's spitting the, oh my god, we're going to actually use a running back by committee it's gonna be mr um it's gonna be mr cameron acres it's gonna be darrell henderson and that huge fat fuck malcolm brown's gonna play too um i'm mickey mouse uh -huh. that's what they're gonna be saying it's fucking stupid i do not believe a fucking word that guy says i really don't believe in him that guy legitimately told me that todd Gurley was healthy in the super bowl todd Gurley wasn't fucking healthy todd Gurley was so far from healthy the guy barely touched the field and that's probably why the rams lost super bowl if Gurley was healthy they would have won the super bowl but i digress at 68 we have a high upside pick in Hollywood. Brown, I actually like that pick a lot. I think the guy has the potential to really blow it up in 2020. At number 69, we see Deshaun Watson. At 70, we see James White. James White's a guy that I'm kind of in on and kind of out on. Now, I'm very worried about the fact that Tom Brady was Mr. Checkdown in 2019-2018. Mr. James White was a fucking top 12 running back both those years because he just dumps the ball off. He's just like, oh shit, there's guys coming. Let me just dump it off to James White. Let me just throw it to James White. And that was happening. He was getting so many targets. Will that happen when Stidham or Hoyer is the quarterback? I have no idea, so I'm kind of worried a bit. But the seventh round is fine here at 70. While we see Darius, guys, congratulations to Citizen, this guy, for getting four games out of the running back drafted in the eighth round. Huge round of fucking applause. At 72, we see Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk's a guy who I was really, really, really liking until they got DeAndre Hopkins. That's just a clouded, clouded and cluttered wide receiver room. In Arizona, they have Larry Fitzgerald. They have DeAndre Hopkins. They have Andy Isabella. They have Christian Kirk. They have knockoff Keyshawn Johnson. They just have a lot of guys that are going to be on that roster getting work. So I'm a bit worried about Christian Kirk here, especially in the eighth round. I feel like that's a little too early for that man. Now, looking at our roster construction, we always want to go more running backs than wide receivers. We have one, two, three, four running backs and three wide receivers. Now, in this league, we're starting three wide receivers, but the value of wide receiver is still going to be immense here in like the 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th round. Guys that I all like, whereas the running backs are going to be god-fucking-awful by then. They're going to be all handcuffs. Guys like Alexander Madison are going to be drafted there. Right now, if you look at this, the only starters that I think are going to be getting a lot of opportunity, Ronald Jones, um, Philip Lindsay, I think, could get some opportunity as well. Uh, same thing goes with Sony Michelle. And then we have Jordan Howard. And where the fuck is Jordan Howard's other running back in Miami? Where the fuck is my guy at? There he is. Matt Burita's at fucking number 100. I had to search all the way through Miami to get him up on here. Very, very... That's fucking stupid. He's buried down there. So great value for Matt Burita if we can end up getting him. Who I think will tear it up for maybe like two, three. He'll probably play like six games. The guy's always hurt. He's a walking injury designation, but he's fine when he's on the field. He's very fast. That's why they matched him and Mr. Fat-Ass Jordan Howard on the same team because they are one in 
it's not one and the same. They're actually one and different. They have one big guy and one little guy. They have one guy who's a bruiser. They have one guy who's a speedster. At number 76, I believe that's AJ Green. We actually can't tell who it is. It is because I like how he disappeared on the screen, right? Because he's going to fucking disappear for you. The guy isn't going to do anything. He has not played in over half of his games in the last four seasons. Do you really want to draft that guy? Because I certainly don't. Looking back after Christian Kirk, we see Carryon Johnson come off the board, followed by Rob Gronkowski, who's going to play 10 games, Damian Williams, and then A.J. Green. So this guy is probably going to end up auto-picking because he's just taking for fucking ever to make his pick, which is okay because we're having a great time out here. Will Fuller, great pick in best ball. The guy's going to play like three fucking games. That's a lie. He'll probably play in like 10, but I do worry a bit about Will Fuller because the guy just cannot stay healthy to save his life. Looking at the wide receiver position, there's still a decent amount of wide receivers that I like on the board. Tyler Boyd especially. Looking at QB, Josh Allen is still there, but I think I'd just much rather wait and go maybe a running back and a wide receiver, or maybe just two wide receivers because I like the value a lot at the wide receiver position right now in the 8th and ninth round. So Russell Wilson came off the board, which really kind of hurt the quarterback value because he would have been the guy I probably would have picked in the ninth round here. Just one pick right before we go. If you guys have enjoyed this video thus far, you already made it this far, please make sure to click that subscribe button and comment down below Russ. I just want to see Russ and I'll shout you out in the next video. So now it is about to be our pick. So I'm really in on Tyler Boyd. Gallup ends up falling here and to pick 79 and he's the guy I probably would have picked back to back. Michael Jordan 96-97. Woo! All right, that's probably who I would have picked at number 80, Juan. But we're going to go ahead and select Tyler Boyd here. Off the rip, I think Tyler Boyd has top 20 potential. He will finish inside the top 20. I mean, he fucking does every for the last two years. He's going to be an absolute sleeper in these leagues. I don't understand why more people aren't more on drafting him. Now, I think I can continue to wait on Hayden Hurst. So we're going to go ahead and probably pick another wide receiver or running back. But there's a lot of wide receivers I actually like in this next round value, like the 10th, 11th round. So I'd much rather just go ahead and get a running back here that I think has super-duper high upside in Ronald Jones. Could potentially be the starter for the first couple of weeks while we wait on on Keyshawn Bond because Bruce Arians doesn't really tend to like to use that rookie running back. We saw a couple of years ago in 2015 with David Johnson. The next guy looked like the best, one of the best backs in the league, and he's just being held back by Bruce Arians. It's like one of those fights where the guy's like, hold me back, hold me back, man. And that's what was happening. They were just holding him back. They were, he was like this, getting fucking wrapped up like a Trojan condom. He's back there. He can't move because he just won't let the rookies loose. All right, I think Ronald Jones will have the opportunity to be good, potentially in a 50-50 split, even if Keyshawn Vaughn looks good. At 82, we see Sony Michelle, another guy I like a decent amount. I think Sony Michelle is a very safe pick. We'll get the rock a lot in New England, especially if Stidham doesn't look very good. They might be looking to run the ball even more than normal, even though they're also a pretty heavy run defense. I meant to say run offense. The run offense will might might actually be working even harder this season. At number 83, we see Marlon Mack come off the board, followed by Jordan Howard. So like I said, around the ninth round, you're seeing running backs that are absolute backups, whereas the wide receivers are guys that are on the top two on their team. Julian Edelman is legitimately the wide receiver one on New England. He's still available. John Brown, the wide receiver two in Buffalo. Jerry Judy, the wide receiver two in Denver. Mike Williams, the wide receiver two in LA. Marvin Jones could be the wide receiver one there, arguably. It's more of a 1A, 1B situation when Marvin Jones is healthy. That's how good Marvin Jones is. Guys like CeeDee Lamb, who could potentially emerge eventually later in the season. Darius Slayton, a guy I really like. I'm just going to start moving people up here. Preston Williams, a guy I really like. Like, I mean, Brandon Cooks, he will be great, but he's going to fucking get hurt as well, just like Will Fuller. What Bruce uh, Bill O'Brien actually did is he just said, he Googled most injury-prone NFL players, and he just brought them all together.
He actually didn't even have to bring Wolf over there. He was already there. He just drafted him a couple years ago. And then Brandon Cooks, they're like, you know what? Let me trade him. Let me get this guy. He'll probably play like 10 games. Brandon Cooks, I feel so bad for the guy. He just gets absolutely laid out and destroyed. Uh, Deontay Johnson, I also really like a lot. I think that guy has top 15, top 20 potential, especially if Big Ben could stay healthy. And I actually watched a video today about from Nick Urkelano, and he talks about, he does a breakdown with a doctor, Dr. Jesse Morris. He talks about a Big Ben's health rating right now, like his injury risk is at a 3.8 out of 10. A 3.8 out of 10, which is much lower than what I thought it would have been. So I'm actually really getting a bit higher on Juju now and on Deontay Johnson, especially if he can stay healthy. So there's still a bunch of quarterbacks on the board. If Josh Allen makes it to us, I'd be hard-pressed not to pick him, but I'm still going to continue to wait on tight end because I'll probably just end up drafting two of them if I... Well, you have to draft two anyways, but I'll, I'll be fine if Hayden Hurst doesn't fall to me, even though I really like him. I'll still pick Gasicki, even though I think his value is kind of perceived to be much higher than it really is because he wasn't really doing fucking shit without Mr. Pre- when Mr. Preston Williams was on the field, he wasn't really doing all that much. Now, looking back at the board after Jordan Howard came off the board, Jarvis Landry came off the board, Tevin Coleman, Marvin Jones, and Philip Lindsay. Marvin Jones, like I said, amazing wide receiver that you can find super late in the draft. That guy can't stay healthy either, but he'll at least play like 12, 14 games, whereas... <laughs> I mean, Brandon Cooks might play fucking five. Uh, Jarvis Landry, a very safe pick late in the draft. Um, Their worry, though, is that he got surgery in the offseason. He may not be healthy, ready to go week one. Now, the news is right now, hey, he'll be ready. But they say everyone's going to be ready for week one. They said A.J. Green was ready for week one. And then A.J. Green, they're like, oh, he's ready by week four. And then week eight. And then he's fucking not playing at all. At pick 88, we see Phillip Lindsay and then Tariq Cohen. Tariq Cohen has value if Dave Montgomery gets hurt. If not, he's just a glorified pass catching back. At 88, we see Phillip Lindsay, who I think has a lot of value, potentially being a 50-50 split with Melvin Gordon. At 90, we see Joshua Allen come off the board. Great value in the ninth round for Josh Allen. But typically, what I'm going to be honest with you, if I'm on one of these swing picks, you pick the quarterback in the next round because you can say, oh, I got Josh Allen in the, in the tenth round instead of the ninth round. Fuck you. You can say things like that. I just think it's funny. At 91, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, jeebus. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, man. Come on. Fucking Aaron Rodgers. They just like to run the ball so much. Aaron Rodgers is still good, but they're just so run heavy that I think Aaron Rodgers, and they also didn't draft him another wide receiver. They legitimately said, this was what Matt LaFleur did. He went like, boom, right up your ass, Aaron Rodgers. Straight up the ass for you because we're not going to draft you another wide receiver. So Devontae Adams could have a good season. I just don't think Aaron Rodgers will. And number 92, we see Golden Tate, followed by Mr. Austin Hoop God, who I loved in Atlanta hate them in Cleveland. Cleveland, they're just going to run the ball so much. I'm really worried about their pass catchers aside from Jarvis Landry, and then obviously Kareem Hunt, who's kind of a, he's kind of like a wide receiver, but he's also running back. If, the thing about Kareem Hunt that's hilarious that not many people talk about, if Chubb gets hurt, you legitimately are drafting a guy that's top 10, but he's not even a fucking handcuff because he plays so much. Kareem Hunt is just the most outstanding value I've ever seen, like in the fifth round. I think he's going to be great this season, with or without Chubb's injury. At number 94, we see Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs ended up getting hurt, fucking helping someone move, so you hate to see that, but he'll be fine, ready to go for week one. That shouldn't really hinder him too much. It's just a funny story that you read while all this stuff is happening in real life. At pick number 95, we'll probably likely see. I have no idea. See, I want to actually look back at the draft. Did anyone do a wide receiver zero or running back zero? No one did do it. Typically, I pick 9, 10, or 8 here in a 10-team league. You see two teams go with two, two uh, back-to-back wide receivers. That guy went back-to-back running backs, which is what I would have done. Tip the cap to you, mister. At number 95, we see Thomas Brady, followed by Tom Brady's bitch boy, Julian Edelman, at pick 96. 97, we see Darius Slayton, 96. 97, shout-out Michael Jordan. 
Darius Slayton going at pick 97 is tremendous value. I think Darius Slayton is the wide receiver one on New York. I mean, New York, their fucking wide receiver core. Golden Tate, I made a mistake one time. I said he was injury prone. He really isn't. He actually got suspended last year. He wasn't even hurt at the beginning of the season. So Sterling Shepard always gets hurt. Evan Ingram always gets hurt. So Darius Slayton could be that wide receiver one. He was tearing it up. Him and Danny Dimes had some type of unforeseen mental connection. He would just like, like look at Darius Slayton. Look down the field. Guy's wide open. The guy's a speedster. He's like Lightning McQueen on the field. Guy is fast as fuck. At number 98, we see Hunter Henry. I don't like Hunter Henry at all. I also think that guy... There's a worry, to be honest with you. I don't think Tyrod will dump it off to him, but... But, 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 if Mr. Justin Herbert the pervert becomes the starting quarterback, I'm really going to start liking Mr. Hunter Henry. Even though I do worry about his health, Brandon Cooks comes at 99. So now it is our pick, and we're going to go ahead and select our another wide receiver. So right here, the wide receiver I like the most is Deontay Johnson. I really think he's going to be tearing it up in Pittsburgh, especially if Big Ben can stay healthy. So now we are up yet again, and we're probably going to end up going running back or quarterback. No, none of the quarterbacks I really like here. So we're probably just going to go ahead and make sure we get our guy in Hayden Hurst in the 11th round. I think Hayden Hurst is really going to tear it up in 2020 in Atlanta. Dirk Cutter literally jerks off to the tight end board that's in the room. He memorized it. He sleeps and he has wet dreams after looking at Hayden Hurst on his roster. They traded a lot to get Hayden Hurst. They traded Hayden Hurst for a second and fifth round pick. So they really believe in him. And I think that Hayden Hurst is going to have a great year. We saw Austin Hooper absolutely blow up last season. And Hayden Hurst might be just as good as Austin Hooper, if not potentially even better. Next pick off the board, we see Carson Wentz. Do I like Carson Wentz? Yes and no. I think the guy's really talented. I think he has an injury problem. I think he'll probably end up getting hurt next year, but will it be in the playoffs to hurt all the Eagles fans? Probably yet again. Carson Wentz is very talented though when he's healthy, and especially if his wide receivers could stay healthy, this guy could be a top five quarterback. At number 103, we see John Brown. John Brown is kind of like, he got absolutely alphaed by Mr. Stefan Diggs coming in there. I really feel bad for John Brown because he was tearing it up. He probably could have teared it up again this year. I think he'll be safe, though. Guy getting around 10 points every single game. At 104, we see Evan Ingram. 105, we see Drew Brees. Evan Ingram's a guy I'm kind of avoiding as well. He's on my do-not-draft list. I just think he's just too much of an injury risk. Uh, Drew Brees should be great this season. Top 10 quarterback, without a doubt. At 106, we see Mike Williams followed by with the 107. We see Tyler Higby. So that might have been where Hayden Hurst got picked. Hayden Hurst may have gotten picked in this round because we see three tight ends come off the board. Tyler Higby is a guy I think is going to blow up yet again. I think it's likely we see the LA Rams use the 12 personnel yet again in 2020. They used it last year because a bunch of people were getting hurt, but Brandon Cooks is no longer there. What 12 personnel is, is actually using two tight ends at the exact same time on the field. The um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be using it as well, which means Gronk and OJ Howard are going to be on the field at the exact same time. Now at the 108, we see Jerry Judy come off the board. Uh, a pick that I think is going to be solid. I don't think he's going to have a breakout season, but I think he's going to be a fine player. Matty Ice coming off the board as well. That would have been a guy I would have liked to pair with Hayden Hurst. We also took two uh, Carolina Panthers players, so maybe drafting in like the last round, drafting Teddy Bridgewater as our last quarterback. Now I advise in real, in real drafts, do not be picking three fucking quarterbacks in these kind of drafts. Though in best ball, you kind of have to, since you need a guy starting every single week, and what happens if one of your guys goes down, you're pretty much fucked. That is only if you draft two, though. If you draft three, then two of your guys could get hurt, and you would still be fine. Now, Matty Ice is a guy that, like I said before, though, this guy is going to tear it up. He literally has one good season, then a great season. One good, then great. One good, then great. And he had a good one last year. This is going to be Matty Ice's great season. Now, we still have one, a two, a three, a four, a five, a six, a seven rounds left in the draft. So we need to make sure we get another tight end 
and three quarterbacks, and the rest will be running backs and wide receivers. Typically, I like to get more running backs than wide receivers on the roster. A guy who I think could still fall to us, Matt Breida, just gets absolutely sniped from out of our ass. So there's still a lot of handcuffs that I like that still have potential. Latavius, if Alvin Kamara was to get hurt, will tear it up. Uh, as we look down here, if Dalvin Cook gets hurt, we can ha- use Alexander Madison. Duke Johnson may just have standalone value on that offense, but the worry is Bill O'Brien is such an idiot. He literally traded for Duke Johnson last year, just didn't fucking use him. I don't understand it. Duke Johnson is a pass-catching specialist, and you're not even fucking dumping the ball off to him. Adrian Peterson's also a guy kind of like late in drafts because the guy's literally going to be the starting running back because... Fucking Darius guys just always ends up finding his way to getting hurt. I like Boston Scott as well. If Miles Sanders was to get hurt, I think that there's some also solid picks down here. Guys like Keyshawn Vaughn just absolutely buried down here. Zach Moss buried down here. Two guys that I think will probably... I mean, Zach Moss could legitimately be the RB1 on the team if Devin Singletary gets hurt. If Devin Singletary doesn't get hurt, we saw what happened last year. Frank Gore... And Devin Singletary were just, when fucking Gore was healthy, they were just riding each other's ass. 50-50 split. Frank Gore was even getting more touches than Devin Singletary. They don't believe in Devin Singletary. You wouldn't have drafted, you just wouldn't have drafted Zach Moss if you really believed in Devin Singletary. You would have waited and drafted a guy like Anthony McFarlane or some other piece behind him. So I think we honestly could see what happened last year. People just drop Zach Moss. You just pick him up like week eight, and he's tearing it up for your fantasy team. Matty Ice and Brashad Perriman come off the board. Matt Ryan legitimately was on MVP pace last year. He was playing the best Matt Stafford has ever played in his NFL career last year, and everyone's sleeping on him. Oh, his back's fucked up. I'm not worried about it, baby. Matty Stafford is going to look good. Matty Snapback. I have a snapback on right now. Matty Snapback is going to look great in 2020, just like you're going to look great hitting that fucking subscribe button down below. It's free. I'm not a sellout. You make sure you click that subscribe button. You join. I make videos every single day for your guys' liking. At 114, we see Jamison Crowder, the wide receiver, one on the Jets for the last year. I mean, the guy was getting like 10-plus targets. That's obviously a value in the late rounds. Will he be that guy? Will it be Mims? Or will it be Rashad Perryman? I don't know. I really don't know. That's why I'm kind of avoiding all those guys. I think I like Perryman, though, because he typically goes the latest, but he didn't here. At number 115, we see Noah Fant, whose value hit the tank. His stonks were going rising. His stonks were like, bing, 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 going up a roller coaster. Then went straight to the fucking bottom. Boom! Because they just added some other guys there. I mean, he's probably still going to finish inside the top 10, but finishing inside the top 10 in a tight end is the easiest thing you could ever do. After him comes Jared Cook, a guy I'm really not looking for, Latavius Murray, and then Sterling Shepard. So right here, we'll probably pick a running bike and a quarterback if there's any guys here that I really like. I like Daniel Jones a lot, so he's probably going to be the pick here. I'm going to try to get Big Ben as well later. Keyshawn Vaughn comes off the board, so we're going to go ahead and snag up Mr. Zachy Zach Moss here, who could be the RB1 potentially in Buffalo, and they go with quarterback Danny fucking dimes who had an amazing year last year he i called him danny fumbles last year because this guy has fumbleitis he has butterfingers but if he fixed that in the offseason in the preseason and before the season starts or if he eventually figures that out he will be great he had games where he was a top 10 quarterback a lot last season i think we're to see a lot more of that in 2020 especially with the giants defense being so bad a bad defense typically leads to passing the ball more so that's obviously going to be a good thing for daniel jones even though for the giants that's not a very good thing at all. After that comes Baker, Faker, Mayfield. I don't really want anything to do with Baker. I think they're just going to be running the ball so much. I've spoken about it like 9,000 times. They're going to be a run-heavy team, so why do you want the quarterback of a run-heavy team? I have no idea, but people still end up liking Baker Mayfield. At 123, we see C.D. Lamb come off the board out of Oklahoma. Very talented wide receiver. My only worry, though, is there's too many cooks in the kitchen there. Gallup. How could him, Gallup, and Cooper all get over 1,000 yards? Now, if Amari Cooper ends up going down, C.D. Lamb 
could potentially be a top 10 wide receiver. I'm just not sure I like that in the 13th round, but I could draft guys at the wide receiver position that are probably the two on that team. Guys like Anthony Miller, um, Emmanuel Sanders, who just came off the board, Preston Williams, uh, Sammy Watkins, who kind of just hitting the all-time fade on Sammy Watkins. I don't really want anything to do with Deshaun Jackson. He'll have, like, four good games. Uh, Corey Davis has the potential. I mean, he, he's never going to break out. Let's be fucking honest with you. He never will, but there is the potential for it. Nikhil Harry I like as well. Deep down here, Mr. Me Cole Hardman. Uh, James Washington also. I mean, I drafted Deontay Johnson, but he's going so much later. What if Big Ben likes James Washington more than he likes Deontay Johnson? And we've all been swindled. So he's also a kind of a solid pick down here. Antonio Brown, you could just so go ahead and say fuck it and pick him. Randall Cobb, I think, has potential to be maybe the number one option there. Alan Lazard, a sleeper as well. LaVisca Chenault. Shout out to my boy LaVisca out of Colorado. And then that's pretty much it. So... Up here, I just have a solid list of wide receivers that I am going to try to go ahead and get before the draft comes to a close. After we see C.D. Lamb as Preston Williams, Emmanuel Sanders, then Horsecock, Joe Burrow, smoking cigars, winning national championships, getting money from Odell. That was fake money. No, it wasn't. Odell gave them all fucking real money. Alexander Matty Son, one of the best handcuffs in the game, comes off the board at pick 127, followed by a handcuff that I don't even think will be the handcuff because it could get cut because they brought in an L.A. native, UCLA running back, uh... Joshua Kelly's his name. I completely blanked on that. I'm so sorry. Uh, after Justin Jackson was Carlos Hyde, a pick I also kind of like late. What happens if if Carson Wentz, not Carson Wentz, if Chris Carson just has fumbleitis again? If they just take him out, they say, fuck it. Carlos Hyde was in a 1,000-yard rusher last year. I know you probably don't believe it. Go ahead and look it up. In Houston, he rushed for a 1,000 fucking yards. After Carlos Hyde comes Jalen Rager and then Mike Gusicki, another tight end that I really like. He probably would have been my pick here at pick 140. Nikhil Harriet, a guy I also like as a sleeper tight end. We still have one, two, three, four, five picks left. So one of those is going to be tight end, probably two more quarterbacks. So the other two are going to be running back and wide receiver, maybe even two more running backs. But we're starting three wide receivers, so we'll probably go wide receiver and running back after Nikhil Harry comes Justin Jefferson. Me, Cole Hardman, a guy who I really like, probably going to be the wide receiver too on Kansas City. And all these fucking wide receivers are so boom bust. They're just a bunch of guys that are speedsters, absolute speedsters, running down the field. And Patrick Mahomes just closes his eyes. He does the no-look pass, and he talks like Kermit the Frog after he just threw you a touchdown. That's just great. Mikel Hardman's going to have a great year here in Kansas City. So right now, when you're late in the draft here, you just got to chill back and not really try to pick who you want because they're just going to get fucking stolen from you. I'm not going to sit here and talk a million times about, oh, who do I want more? LaVishka, Cobb, James White, Alan Lazard, Anthony Miller. It doesn't really matter because they're probably all going to get picked here because everyone knows about these guys. Everyone knows who's drafting on drafters. Now, if you're talking about your at-home league, most people probably have no fucking idea who Mecole Hardman is. They probably have no idea who Nikhil Harry is because Nikhil Harry got hurt in preseason and didn't even start the beginning of the season then sucked absolute ass down the stretch with TB12. Now at 135, we see an auto pick, and the pick is in. It is Anthony Miller. So like I said, these picks are going to be getting sniped from us left and right. Looking at the quarterback room still, there's still guys I like. I think Teddy Bridgewater would be a solid pick with Carolina since we have the Carolina stack, but I like Big Ben. I like Kirk Cousins a decent amount. I think Ryan Fitzmagic will have a solid fantasy season, but I'm just worried if he gets pulled, say, week eight for Mr. Tua, then you're not getting that value. Drew Locke, I really like. I like Gardner Minshew. I like Derek Carr. There's just a lot of wide or quarterbacks that I like, even more than I like a guy like who the guy I was talking about earlier 
in Mr. Teddy Bridgewater, so I probably won't even end up drafting him. I think the next pick at quarterback will probably be Big Ben Rothelisberger. And Big Ben, I told you, is that 3 rating, 3 out of 10 from the Fantasy Doctors, so I'm not too worried, but I definitely would draft another one. Ryan Tannehill, I'm kind of really off of him. I think they're just going to run the ball a shit ton every single game, so don't even bother with Ryan Tannehill. I don't think he's going to have a great season. Ryan Tannehill always has this great season. He does, oh, fucking shit. Oh, Lord, I'm a Dolphins fan. We said, holy shit, Ryan Tannehill's finally good. And then what Ryan Tannehill did, he fucking pimp slapped us in the face. He said, get the hell out of here. I'm terrible. And I'm worried that happens again in 2020. At pick 138, we see Devontae Freeman come up the board. Not even on a team yet, but could eventually be on one and could be pretty good. Now we get to get our quarterback of my quarterback of choice here. We're going to go with Big Ben Rothelisberger, probably a top. 10 quarterback, top 8 quarterback, if he can stay healthy. We've seen him be an absolute beast the last couple of seasons. So we're going to go ahead and get our handcuff that I love, Boston Scott, for Miles Sanders. If Miles Sanders was to go down right now, there's no one backing him up. Boston Scott could be amazing if Miles Sanders got hurt, and he will still be getting use when Miles Sanders is in the games. Real quick, guys, I'm just going to fast forward through the last couple of picks. Uh, Darrell Henderson, Jack Doyle, uh, TJ Hawkinson, Duke Johnson, Blake Jarwin, Jared Goff, Deshaun Jackson, Dallas Goddard, Ian Thomas, uh, Tony Pollard, Kirk Cousins, Ryan Fitzmagic, Kyle Rudolph, Rock Armstead, and uh, Jamal Williams. So we kind of missed out, though, not drafting a tight end there before because the value here is not as good. I personally think a guy like Eric Ebron could have a great season. Same with Jay Sternberger or maybe one of those guys. But I think I'd probably go with Mr. O.J. Howard here if he falls to me. If they're going to be doing these two tight end formations, like they're saying they will, I think that that's a huge value for Mr. O.J. Howard, who I think could have a solid season this year, even if it's not as good, because he's my tight end, too. He's only going to play in the game where Hayden Hurst isn't in there, or if Hayden Hurst just so happens to get absolutely demolished. And we could still draft another tight end if we just so happen to want to, but we probably won't now. Looking after Jamal Williams, Chase Edmonds, a great handcuff as well, followed by famous Jameis Winston. I don't understand at all why you'd be drafting him, because he's not even the fucking starting quarterback on the New Orleans Saints. Almost our pick here. If you guys have enjoyed thus far, we're near an hour at this point. I really hope you guys enjoyed this. We're going to have a great time here every single day on my channel. So please click that subscribe button. So right now it's probably just going to auto pick. So hopefully we can get OJ Howard. I'm going to be fucking pissed if OJ Howard gets sniped by the auto pick. Does it? It does not. They get Teddy Throzevelt. So we go ahead and get OJ Howard. And now we can draft our third quarterback to call the quarterback room a lock. Either we go with Drew Lock, haha, or Gardner Minshew. I think here I'm going to go with Gardner Minshew since I've already drafted Drew Lock. I think Gardner Minshew is going to have a great year because the defense is atrocious. They're going to get bent over and he's going to have to rail them into the games. He's going to have to be thrown off his back foot. He's going to have to be throwing the ball deep down the field to get them into the game. So I think that Gardner Minshew is a solid pick there at pick number 17. We only have one pick to go before the video comes to a close. And we're going to fast forward to it because I really don't have anything to ramble about right now. Boom. Cap, what has happened? Michael Pittman comes off the board, followed by Jimmy Guap, Chris Herndon, A.J. Dillon, Royce Freeman, Naheem Hines, Horsecock, Drew Locke, who I love, Randall Cobb, Curtis Samuel, Philip Rivers, Will Disley, John Ross, D.D. Westbrook, and Alan Lazard. So we are just four picks away from making our final selection of the draft, which is probably going to be LaVishka Chanel if he falls to me. Larry Fitz comes off the board. Come on, man. Don't fucking pick Larry Fitz. He's going to score like five points a game and then have one game where he gets like 15, but he's not going to do anything. The guy's so old. There's so many guys around him. Now with DeAndre Hopkins, they're just stealing every target. I don't want anything to do with Larry fucking Fitzgerald. Old man Larry. I love him though. Great guy. But being a great guy doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get a lot of fantasy points, especially when the team is as crowded as the Arizona Cardinals. At 177, we see Albert Wilson come off the board. We're just two picks away. Come on. Big money. LaVishka 
come our way. If not, we're probably just going to end up going with our third tight end. Typically, in redraft, though, I argue you only should draft one quarterback in a 12-team league or a 10-team league and one tight end. If you're in a 14-team league, you have to draft multiple quarterbacks, maybe even multiple tight ends, but just two. Don't ever draft fucking three. That's insane. But in these, you kind of have to in case someone gets hurt since you can't do any waiver wire moves or anything like that. You just set it and you forget it and you come back in December and you rake up all the money. You eat it like you're Ezekiel Elliott or like you are Jameis Winston. Eat a fucking W, baby. At... Our next pick, we are hopefully going to be able to get my boy LaVishka Chenault. Otherwise, we're just going to take an absolute dart throw and probably throw it onto Mr. Eric Ebron. Got fucking sniped by the computer. It actually it auto-drafted at 178, and it took Eric Ebron for us. So might as well just go home and go fuck myself right after this one. So right here, either a wide receiver, probably going to be a wide receiver now at this point. Even though I feel weird not drafting three tight ends, but I feel like I almost need... Six wide receivers in case anyone ends up getting hurt. So we're going to go ahead and draft LaVishka Chenault, wide receiver, rookie out of Jacksonville. We got that Gardner Minshew and Mr. LaVishka Chenault stack. So looking at our team, we have we have Mr. at quarterback. We have Big Ben, Gardner Minshew, and Daniel Jones. So pretty much only Daniel Jones. At running back, we have, because if this was a real league or, or more of a redraft type of format, at running back, Boston Scott, Zach Moss, Ronald Jones, J.K. Dobbins, David Montgomery, Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey. At tight end, we have Hayden Hurst, O.J. Howard. Our wide receivers are D.J. Moore, Tyler Boyd, Terry McLaurin, Kevin Ridley, and LaVisca Chenault. So let me know what you guys thought about my team. Let me know if I made any mistakes. Some guys you would have wanted to see on this team down below in the comments. I'll have each and every single one of you guys. Drafters.com, code Notorious, and the link down below. I love you all. Click that fucking subscribe button. I'll see you guys tomorrow with yet another banger of a video. Goodbye, my friend.